You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, Joe Gavallis uh, here with uh, another uh, uh, session of uh, the uh, uh, Senior Hour here uh, uh, talking uh, about issues that affect uh, uh, seniors and um, especially their, uh, their safety concerning um, elder abuse or uh, their, uh, which we look at as uh, uh, physical, financial, institutional. And if you look at the word safe, we say seniors abused and financially exploited. So we like to just touch base on these subjects. And, and, and again, remember, um, abuse doesn't report itself. Um, we need you all out there being the eyes and ears and helping not only yourselves, your relatives, your loved ones, your neighbors, or anybody you know that might be in the middle of being abused. Um, abuse you, normally isn't just one action. If you're abused once, you'll be constantly abused one way or the other. So we ask you to, uh, to be on the lookout. And if you have any um, uh, questions or comments, we always uh, encourage you to uh, send an email to uh, uh, safe, S-A-F-E, at americaswebradio.com. Uh, and we'd love to uh, hear your comments and responses and, and help get answers. A lot of people have a lot of questions out there. So that's what we we kind of uh, like it when you respond because we, we're here to help people and try to direct people on what to do or, or how to do it. Again, um, I always have to say this. We're not lawyers that you should check um, with your own lawyer or check with uh, – Lawyers that that might work for your uh, your uh, professional organizations that you deal with uh, in terms of the police, uh, adult protective, or in your country, it might be other forms of lawyers that you can talk to, and always the legal aid uh, that they are always good and always willing to help people um, who have been wronged, especially the elderly uh, seniors. So today, uh, if some of you have been paying attention to the news here in the United States, um, last Friday, the uh, Attorney General of the United States, um, William Barr, held a press conference and um, um, uh, announced the, the, uh, how the Justice Department coordinated the largest ever nationwide elder fraud sweep of uh, alleged criminals. Um, this is very uh, significant. Uh, they did it last year, and they did it again this year, but this time the, the number of uh, arrests and indictments uh, went up considerably, and it affected um, all sorts of uh, different scams. Uh, you can go on the United States Department of Justice Website, Office of Public Affairs, and you can actually see the the uh, press conference. Um, what was interesting in this press conference um, was the former director of the FBI, uh, William Webster, and a, and a judge and his wife spoke about how they were uh, uh, defrauded or got involved in a scam. And of course, with his background, he immediately got the authorities involved and worked on uh, addressing uh, the issues. 
Um, and again, it was a scam where you won money. Uh, they wanted upfront money to, in order to get uh, an inheritance, I believe it was an inheritance, um, or money due them uh, from one of the, the, the governments in, in Africa. And by working in cooperation with law enforcement, um, a, a arrest did take place, but it took place four years later. And the reason why is because many of these people who are perpetrating these crimes don't live in the United States or outside the jurisdiction of the United States. And so they, they need the cooperation of the other, other governments, which they do get, or wait until the individual gets within the jurisdiction of the United States. Um, during his, uh, his press conference, they discussed many issues, and uh, um, a big segment of, of the work of the federal government and helping to fight elder fraud uh, is they're dealing with uh, the, these other countries I just mentioned. Um, in their press release, they said the Department of Justice Office of International Affairs worked with numerous countries to secure evidence and capture defendants. It goes on to say, during the sweep period, the defendants in the elder abuse cases were extradited from Canada, the Cayman Islands, Costa Rica, Jamaica, and Poland. Um, that's just to show you a few of the, the countries that they work with. It so happens on uh, Judge Webster's defendant, he came from Jamaica, and when he entered the United States on some uh, um, trip, uh, he was uh, uh, arrested. So I think that's important to know, and and I think we, as we as we look at this, the the Justice Department's big emphasis this year, according to the press release, was the um, uh, these technical support uh, uh, scams that take place on your computer, and these are where I, I think we've all been there, where all of a sudden the computer. A, a, a screenshot comes up and says your computer has been hacked and it has a virus and if you need help uh, the, the wording is different on many play, on, on many of the scams but it's all the same same deal you need to call this number it makes you believe it's a it's a legitimate well-known company uh, they go in and they want two things they want money and to take over your computer um, and, you know, most people aren't computer savvy. So if there was an issue with it that uh, with your computer and you're looking at it on the screen, it's like, how did it get there? And it's a reputable company. Well, they uh, they cracked down on this and uh, uh, um, and claim that from their review of complaints, that this type of fraud or scam is like, if not the major one of the top scams happening in the United States right now. But again, remember, the people per perpetrating scams aren't necessarily in the United States. They will be in other countries uh, uh, around the globe. Uh, one of the uh, issues that they look at um, uh, was... They were called. They call them money mules, and these are people who collect money and move money. Some do it knowingly, and some people do it unwittingly. And the federal government made the point that they take, uh, they look at each situation, conduct interviews, and find out. 
For example, if you have people who are willingly part of a criminal organization, they will be uh, investigated and if found the evidence is there, indicted and then brought to justice and let the justice system uh, determine whether they're guilty or innocent. But on the other hand, if some people were just duped into receiving a check and um, uh, putting it in a bank and taking a cut out of it uh, or go picking up a check for somebody who is paying them to do it and they're unwitting, the government looks at that and then civilly will address them, say, don't do it again, and uh, and address the issues. Um, David? You know, uh, Joe, like, like you pointed out, and we're here to help. And if you know of somebody, um, and by the way, Joe is one heck of a speaker, and uh, if you know of a situation where you'd uh, like for Joe to come speak to a large group, uh, get in touch with us and uh, let us know, and we'll see if we can arrange a, a time and, and uh, your place. And, uh, you know, we want to thank everybody that has tuned us in and started listening to Safe Senior Hour only on America's Web Radio, only show in the country that's weekly and talking about abuse. And I love your line, uh, Joe, that says, elderly abuse doesn't report itself. And so we need your help, and we need it badly. Um, whether it's family abuse or, you know, of other scams that are going on, just send us an email at safe at americaswebradio.com, and we'll see that the right person gets in touch with you, or we'll send you how to get in touch with the right person. But just anytime, 24-7, if you know something's going on, uh, email us, and we'll get on it as quickly as we possibly can. And uh, Joe, as has been mentioned before, is a former federal agent. And um, I don't know anybody in the telephone book in Atlanta, Georgia, that you don't know. Uh, well, I, 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 I wish I could say that, but that's not true. But uh, when you work in the business, as long as I did, and then you now being the law enforcement coordinator for the North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force, you get to meet a lot of great, dedicated uh regulatory and law enforcement personnel and uh and these are hard working people uh usually uh understaffed and uh, underpaid and I can be honest about that because most of these places are uh, where where are not places most of the agencies are smaller agencies where the com- complaints come in because as you know the government the federal government can't work all the cases so it's got to be at the state or local level they're swamped with your everyday crime so it's got to be this cooperative venture of personnel and prosecutors to help prosecute these these horrible perpetrators and more importantly help the victims that's one of the things we keep forgetting there are victims in these crimes I mean there are people I was at a seminar um, the other day where I, I spoke to I think it was 40 seniors with law enforcement regulatory people and somebody uh, lost $750 and said that was my whole savings that I was able to keep because I thought I was going to get the money back, and I didn't. And, and it was like you felt that $750 meant the world to that person, 
I mean, we have other cases where people lost, you know, seven million, yeah. you know, and they were still able to to survive. But somebody who loses a small amount of money has a little bit of saving because you know this thing sounded so great that they couldn't lose. You know, if it sounds too good to be true, it, it probably, probably is, is not true. Absolutely. You know, uh, one thing, too, that uh, we need to bring up, or I think we need to bring up, and Joe can, can uh, stand behind me on this, is that um, the different scams, and Joe and I just discussed it a few minutes ago, but they're different scams, and they play on the loneliness of the elder elderly and uh the elderly if they've been sitting in their house all day they would talk to a, a fence you know they'd talk to a dog they'd talk to uh, their fireplace or anything else just to talk and uh, the crooks know that and they play on that and uh you know they they want to get in get out as quick as they can but they still play on the elderly and their loneliness so keep that in mind and if you know someone that is elderly and you can give them a call talk to them a few minutes you don't know how that makes them feel it makes them feel great and that somebody cares enough to call and uh, we're going to start a program i'm going to start a program in my church and uh, if i can get everybody involved and you know it, it doesn't take but a few seconds to call and say hello, how you doing, and uh, what's new. So we're going to help the elderly, and part of the reason is, uh, be quite frank, we uh, part of the reason is my mother, and the s- second part of the reason is I'm getting elderly. So, and I get some of the calls, which always amazes me: is how do they know how old you are, or that you are living alone, or you are this, or you are that, or whatever. Well, they, you know, they 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 buy uh, they buy these uh, lists. Li- these lists that are on the dark web, giving people's ages, dates of birth, the whole the whole scenario, and um, uh, you know, the reason why seniors are targeted, and I know we're about to go into our next session shortly, but three things: one, that we're a trusting generation; two. We were able to save a little bit of money, and three, we loved our families, and and we loved uh, and we love mostly our our, ki- our kids, obviously, but we love our grandkids, our nieces and nephews, and we'll do anything for them, and 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 so they prey on that in various ways, um, especially trusting. I remember talking to David the days that we uh, we used to be able to just just uh, uh, handle handle a deal. Um, with uh, just a handshake, so uh, those things are um, um, happened uh, uh, normally. Um, uh, used to happen all the time, but now they don't. So with that, we'll take our our first uh, segment, um, go through, and we'll be back in just a short time and try to get the idea of, of how local law enforcement looks at this new cooperative venture with the federal agencies. Happy Oregon Homeownership is the result of a good working relationship between the home buyer and their realtor. Make buying your Oregon home a fun and rewarding experience. Get our free guide to Happy Oregon Homeownership. Act now. Limited availability. Free at realoregonhomes.com. That's realoregonhomes.com. 
Get your pen and paper ready. If there is a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied Chuck, with a sometimes not-so-fun experience. You moving. got the press stuff I sent you, Call right? Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it okay. a good I mean, I, move I was and a good that, experience around town movers we don't really for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, I don't know whether it was in, in the city or outside the, the city or where, but that's around the important thing is at least they got somebody Call them. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your the, way to join the, the fight and become a member the, of an organization uh, created by doctors uh, for patients dedicated to fighting he, for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. So Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. The, uh... You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Joe Gavallis again uh, for our second segment of the Safe Senior Hour. And and we have uh, on the line with us Chuck McPhillamy, the public uh, information officer for the Marietta Police Department. And uh, Chuck, welcome. Thank you for coming on, taking your time. My pleasure. We're, uh, Chuck uh, Chuck is a part of our uh, uh, North Georgia Elder Abuse Task Force, does uh, a, a lot of great work on uh, working with the community, but also getting the information out um, through his uh, uh, position. Can you just tell the, just the listeners what a public information officer does for generally for, the, um, for a police department? I'd be happy to. Each different department has a need to communicate with their jurisdiction, whether it just be something simple like we're going to have a town hall meeting, or if we make a large arrest or there's something newsworthy. Uh, the department needs to have one voice, one person that all of the local radio stations and television stations can route all of their questions to. So each police chief across the country designates one or more people, depending on the size of their department, to be that main voice. Uh, and it's a position that's normally held for anywhere from three to ten years, and then, generally speaking, they'll rotate in someone new to to take over the position. Right, and that that's for all law enforcement at whatever level. They usually have that. I know sheriff's offices, the federal government has that, and it's it's an important tool where one voice is it comes from each department or agency, and that way it 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 uh, it stops. Uh, misinterpretation of, of various uh, issues. Certainly. Uh, Chuck, just give people your background, because I think it's an interesting background, because you, uh, you get to see uh, uh, or you have experienced several things in your life here. So if you can give us a quick background here. Uh, I, was the, uh, I was the late bloomer, if you, if you wanted <laughs> to term it that. Uh, I'm close to 50 years old and I've only been in law enforcement for five years. Uh, this was a passion as a child. I was part of an explorer program in Michigan. I grew up in Michigan and moved to Georgia to chase a career and start a family several years ago. Never looked back. And uh, 
handful of years ago decided to to chase that that dream, that pursuit of law enforcement, and what that really meant for me was wanting to feel like I was making more of an impact in people's lives. Uh, I felt like I had been fairly successful by by monetary standards within the private sector as a director of operations, but I didn't feel like I was actually making a difference in the world, and that was a, a point in my life. Um, some might call it a midlife crisis, but that was a point in my life where I started to reevaluate what was important to me. Uh, I reached out to the Marietta Police Department and a handful of other agencies and was very fortunate enough to get partnered with such an amazing agency. And, and I don't say that because I'm their representative. I, I say that because I see the impact they make on the community. I'm very proud to be part of the department as well as the task force and the work that you're doing to try and educate people. This this very radio hour, it, the, the point in us talking right now should be for people to share this information, whether they hear it now or whether they can review this later. We all have family and friends, and we all have family and friends that each day get one day older. Are we talking about those uncomfortable topics? Who will take care of us as we age? When will it be time? Fill in the blank. All of the questions. When is it time that I should hang up the car keys and I shouldn't drive? When is it time that I should be talking about having someone take over my medical needs? When should I be looking at, and, and again, fill in the blank, but those are things that you and the task force do that I'm very proud to be part of. Well, we're, we're definitely proud. Your insight is, is great, and, and the way you, you present uh, information is, is wonderful. Um, we, we can't thank you enough, and, and again, and thank all people in, in law enforcement in the regulatory area, because if people don't work together, it doesn't get done. But they can't do anything unless people advise the professionals, uh, as Chuck said, of, of what's going on, because you want to help people. The worst feeling would be for you to hear something awful happen to a senior, a relative, a friend, and you said, boy, I never called anybody. I should have told somebody. I, I think that's a and, – and I've had people tell me that. So, you know, I, I think this education is by far the most important. You can only arrest so many people, right, Chuck? <laughs> You, you can't arrest your way out of the situation. This is a this is a situation that will continue. The scams, the the for for every person out there who says, "Well, that could never happen to me," there's ten people who have lived through the pain of being a victim of that scam. Uh, I think there was a news story a while back about um, one of the higher ups within the IRS was actually scammed. His family member was scammed where they got some information. It, the, the way that these phone calls begin can seem so innocent at first. From a, from a romance, I'm here to, I, I got your information, and before you know it, they've, they've made you think that they know you personally and they're very interested in you. To your grandson or granddaughter or child is in jail, and I need money immediately for their release. and you start questioning, well, I didn't know they were traveling out of the country. And they're very convincing at keeping you on the phone and getting you to believe that you need to give them money or you need to give them information. Well, I think you alluded to it earlier, Joe. The information on each one of us is so readily available on the web. 
uh, a simple Google search of your own name might shock most of your listeners at just how much information is available for free. Uh, and I think you shared with us on a, on a law enforcement basis how, how affordable it is for someone to dig down and get very detailed information about anyone. And that's terrifying when you realize that that's out there. It's important that we talk to our family and we come up with a plan of what will work for us as individuals. I, I, I couldn't. I, I second that, and I couldn't agree with you, you more. It's um, it's it's significant, and and people, you know, should take the time to Google their name just to see what, what's on what's on the public record out there. But again, that's the public record. There's a a dark web where there's all sorts of information about you being being sold. I just. I tell people when I go out to these small groups and speak to seniors, how many times have you ever gone into a grocery store or a pharmacy and they said, here, fill this card out if you want to win something? And you put your name, your address, and either an email or a telephone number. Well, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of those names are collected and then they're sold. they got a value. Somebody buys them and compiles, uh, compiles a list. And that's just one of the ways that the names are out there, and it's it's sad. Um, but today, I just want to address the issue because I think last Friday that we had the 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 uh, U.S. Department of Justice uh, uh, big press press briefing and uh, press release about the federal government working um, uh, what they working to kind of prevent um, these frauds and the arrests that they made, but they made a very specific point that they can't do it without their local and state partners. And I was just trying to get your your uh, reading on that and, and your experience. I know there are many task forces or, or cooperative agreements, and uh, just if you could just let uh, the listeners know that this does go on constantly between local, state, and federal people. It, it absolutely does, Joe. The way that it works the arrest that was made referred to, I think, over 260 different victims. Correct. Mm-hmm. Each one of those victims had to have someone, either the victim themselves or a family member, courageous enough, and I can't emphasize that enough, courageous enough to call the police and report the crime. And I say courageous, and I, and I emphasize that because I want to... I want to land there for just a minute and talk sure. about what this has to feel like. I'm, I'm now aging, and I'm starting to question whether I'm really as sharp as I once was. I'm concerned. I don't want to be take. I don't want my rights taken away from me. I don't want my car keys taken away from me. I don't want to feel like I can't make my own choices. Right. So if right. I admit to my family. If I admit to my family that I just fell victim to something, will they fill in the blank? Will they assume that I can't handle my finances anymore? Will they question my ability to stay in my own private home anymore? Will they? It takes a tremendous amount of courage for the individuals who are victimized to realize that the only way we can combat it is if they'll report the crime. Well, I, once they report once they report that crime, then it falls into the the conversation that you started, which is MDTs or multidisciplinary teams or task forces. 
groups that will get together regularly to talk about specific cases. And usually those never make the news, but they're happening behind the scenes across the country. And it's often that they'll include a district attorney or a representative from the DA's office who would have to prosecute. They're important to be part of that team because their interaction will let law enforcement know, do we have enough to prosecute? Well, uh, what do we still need to gather for evidence? Let me interrupt for a minute, Chuck. Well, if, you've, if you can stay on for another, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, we just have to take a break on this segment. And, uh, yes. Uh, oh, great. Okay, so with that, we'll, uh, we'll end the second segment, and we'll be back uh, shortly with uh, segment three of the Safe Senior Hour. Joe, I want to take this opportunity to uh, let everybody know that uh, now have in place our tornado body dryer. And uh, before I was talking about it, it was information that had been provided by them. And I encourage anyone that has uh, problems standing, problems slipping, problems with using a towel, Go online to www.tornadobodydryer and check it out. It's uh, I've got one in my shower now, and it does everything that it says it will do, and it's very comfortable. You can um, even enhance your shower by turning it on early, and not only do you have the warm water coming out, but you also have... Uh, warm air that's circulating around you not cold air but warm air and then i leave it on after i finish my shower and it dries the shower and no more mold and mildew so i encourage everybody to check it out the turn go online to the tornado body dryer and if you decide you want one or more information tell them that uh, you heard about it on america's web radio and we'll be talking more and more about it as I take more and more showers and use it. <laughs> I love it. It's, it is fun, and it is good. And, you know, uh, someone asked about um, how much does it cost as far as uh, electricity goes, and it's less than the, the amount of electricity that it uses is less than doing your towel and your washing machine and dryer. So it really saves you money from that standpoint and from a health standpoint and everything else. So, check out Tornado Body Dryer. We'll be back right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, everybody, uh, to the uh, Safe Senior Hour. Uh, Joe Gavallis here again. Um, 
And our guest today is Chuck McPhillamy. He's the uh, public information officer for the Marietta Police Department. I think you, some of the people, our listeners, might remember we had Chief uh, Dan Flynn on, uh, um, I think it was in our first show, came on and talked about it. And Dan has been very supportive as the police department in fighting, uh, not only fighting elder abuse, but educating the, uh, the senior community and everyone about elder abuse. Um, so with that, Chuck, I, 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 we were just continuing our discussion of these groups that come together to, um, uh, to help fight uh, elder abuse, and, and you were addressing that. If you could kind of rehash that, that'd be great. Certainly. So it, it takes a courageous individual to admit that they've done something wrong. When that courageous individual calls 911 and says, I think I've been a victim of a scam, they could be greeted with a host of different reactions. Who is this? What really took place? Then a police officer is generally dispatched. The police officer, or in some jurisdictions, a sheriff's deputy comes to to take a report. And the initial thought would be, well, do I get my money back? Well, some of those cases are successful, some are not, but each one is key in trying to identify who would be so villainous as to prey on the elderly. So we need the people to make the call. Once that call starts, an initial report is taken, and then often that report is turned over to a detective team, in-house sometimes, depending on the agency, or often immediately into a what we refer to in Cobb County as an MDT or, or a multidisciplinary team. <clears throat> that MDT, in our case, is made up of a district attorney's representative. What would it actually take to prosecute this individual? It's also made up often of investigators from different police departments. That team might also consist of representatives from APS, um, Adult Protective Services, could be DFACS, could be different, um, different depending on the agency in the area and the needs of that area. But the key would be that no one individual is going to be able to look at fraud against an elderly person alone in a silo they're going to need people around them to piece this together. And as we saw just this last week with the news saying that this individual was charged with over 260 victims, well, that didn't happen from one department saying that 260 people that are all neighbors were victimized. As I read that article, it talks about victims that spread the entire globe, that multiple continents were involved. So you're talking about people who are willing to pick on the elderly, not just in the United States, but across the world. And now you're talking about the importance of having someone courageous enough to call and report that they were fallen victim to one of these criminals so that we can piece together, has this happened before? Are there other ongoing cases that are similar in other parts of the country or the world? Do we need to be looking at a RICO case where we would be tying this individual to larger crimes? As a, as a roughly 50-year-old adult, <clears throat> I have lost both of my parents um, due to natural causes. 
they lived an amazing full life, but I had to have long conversations with my siblings about how will we care for mom and dad? What will that look like? What are their wishes? In our case, our parents were very proactive and talked about it in advance and said, when the day comes, these are the individuals of our children that we would like to make medical decisions. These are the individuals that should we need a power of attorney, we would like these individuals, this individual child or these individuals to be the ones that will actually step in and make those decisions for us. Those are tough conversations for anyone to have, uh, but the fact that my parents had them in advance was a huge advantage for us. And I would really encourage your listeners to start looking at those obvious questions. Even though they're tough, who's going to be the one that I can turn to and I can trust? And are they going to look at me if I report to them that I've fallen victim to someone? Are they going to immediately turn the page for me and say, well, then you're no longer allowed to do any of these things and just because you fell victim? Falling victim to one of these criminals isn't necessarily a sign that there's some bigger problem. The criminals are incredibly convincing at getting you on the phone, getting you to stay on the phone, and getting you to part ways with your money. Right. And, and as we're speaking, we're talking about the professional criminals that prey on the elderly. But I think we've got to remember that most financial, the biggest uh, elder abuse is financial, and the biggest perpetrators, unfortunately, are relatives, loved ones, or people that the that the senior trusts. So... I think your your point to have the discussions, have a power of attorney, have whatever documents that you decide and or your the lawyers decide, protect yourself. But communication is everything, and I think that's really important. And, and Chuck, I think you're hitting the nail on the head on that. And and if we get nothing else out there, is people to communicate and 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 have interactions with their family and trusted. Uh, people that they that they trust and have somebody you can go to if you're a senior and you think something's wrong. A lot of times, don't be afraid to tell somebody because that's how you get the, that's how you stop this, and that's how the regulatory and the and the law enforcement hear about this. Is again, you know, elder abuse, and this is this this isn't something I developed. This is a statement that's in the elder abuse community uh, who fight elder abuse. They've used this, and I think it's very apropos. It doesn't report itself. Somebody's got to tell us. Um, the, um, can you uh, just address some kind of uh, scams that you've seen in, in, in your city? We've had unlicensed care homes where, so in the conversation that I had within our own family, where are mom and dad going to actually live? Are they going to stay in their own residence? Is that safe? At what time do we think they need to be in some sort of an assisted living facility? Not necessarily nursing home, but a place where someone there has some level of medical training. And if you're having those conversations within your own family, certainly a private residence within a nice neighborhood sounds more appealing than going to a a very sterile hospital-type environment of what most of us would picture when we heard the term nursing home. Those care homes 
are perfectly fine when run correctly, and they are monitored. But remember, there are people out there that are quick to try and take your money and don't necessarily have your own best interest at heart. We've seen unlicensed care homes where people will open up a nursing home and, and call it a care home in a private, think, think going down your average subdivision in the average colonial-style house tucked in a neighborhood of hundreds of other colonial-style houses. Well, Joe Criminal will go buy that house, open it up, and start renting out space within that home to you to have your mother, your father, or both go stay there. And they'll advertise to you that it is a care home and that it meets all of the regulations. Did you take the time to verify that they really do? Is there someone there who is administering their medicine properly, or do your parents administer their own medicine? Are the medicines stored in a safe place where we know they're not going to be taken? You're talking about a tremendous amount of money that you and your family will be paying for rent, in other words, for your family member to stay there, are they following all of the guidelines, and is your family member actually safe in that environment? And do they know what to do if they fall? Right, and that's why, you know, these are they're referred to in many ways, unlicensed personal care homes, unlicensed care homes. But remember, the significance of being licensed is, number one, they have to meet certain state or, or local regulations, depending on where you live, and... Um, and when they don't meet it, that's when the abuse of the institutional abuse takes place. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of times they'll have a show house and then end up moving the people around uh, from house to house to house. And, and, and nobody wants to be treated like that if you don't have to be. It's just a, a sad situation. And my hat's off, Marietta Police. Uh, worked uh, and and made it public, and that and that's what helped. Remember that, Chuck? I mean, there was a uh, you all did a uh, press release, and it ended up uh, uncovering other abuses by this uh, by this person who ran this unlicensed home, and and that's how the information gets out. Education helps the victims and hurts the uh, perpetrators, and I, I, and that we Correct. can't educate enough. Um, <clears throat> Just a, a some some tips that uh, um, one of the biggest scams that we're seeing now is the is the romance scam, and uh, and and these are people who prey on just as Chuck said people who feel lonely or are you know are are looking for uh, a relationship on the internet, and I can assure you all relationships if you're looking for them to be perfect will be perfect on the internet because they can say or do whatever they want. And just some tips here, you people that are out there looking at it, just slow down, talk to someone you trust. Um, normally, these people you're talking to who are not on the up and up on the Internet are, are, want you to rush. Um, and they all, all immediately, very quickly, talk about that they have, uh, that they have love and that... Uh, and um, they're, they're trying to ha have you get off the site and have independent conversations. But we'll continue this. We just finished our, 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 our third segment. And, Chuck, you're more than willing to stay on. But if you've got other stuff, we understand we can't thank you enough. Um, but we're going to have to take a break now for uh, uh, the ending of our uh, third segment here of the Safe Senior Hour.
Are you going to be able to stay on, Chuck? Yeah, I can do one more segment. Oh, great. You're great. <laughs> All right. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and I wanted to interject a couple of things right quick, uh, not only talking about the tornado body wash or body dryer, but also wanted to remind everybody that this show and all of Joe's shows are on our website. Just go to Programs Monday and 10 o'clock, and you'll see it, Safe Senior Hour, and you can download any of the programs. This program will be posted within the next couple of days, and you'll be able to listen to it and uh, while Chuck's listening on the other line uh, uh, if you all want to download it and use it in any way it's free there's no charges uh, we have no scams available on you downloading the the uh, programs and listening to them uh, we, I would ask one thing though and that is be a good neighbor take care of your neighbors and if you know of someone either in your family or you know of a neighbor that's uh, getting up in age just check on them. Talk to them. That will mean a lot to them. And if you've got a problem or you need help, don't hesitate to send safe. Send us an email at safe at America's Web Radio. And, uh, heck, we might even get Chuck to do some work. Who knows? Um, but we will pass it on to the right person. And quite frankly, uh, Joe, you made a comment on, I think, the, one of the first shows that you did was that uh, you were talking to one of your guests and said, somebody asked, well, why don't these guys that are so clever and they're fast talkers, why don't they get a real job? And you pointed out being a crook is their job, and they have perfected it. They uh, know how to get in and work the old, work the elderly. And uh, we want to put a stop to it. So any way we can help any law enforcement agency uh, catch them. We had uh, Billy Sullivan on the other day with the state, and he's doing a fantastic job. State insurance commissioner's job. Do what? State insurance commissioner. Yeah, state insurance commissioner. Anyway, he's doing a great job, and so many other – it's – Chuck, I'm going to go ahead and open the mic back up and – have you noticed that more and more people and more and more agencies are looking at this as, uh, as, as Billy pointed out, it's not really just a white-collar crime anymore. It's when somebody takes all of your life savings, that's like a murder almost, and uh, it can kill people when you don't have any money. So are you seeing more and more of that, Chuck? As a county, yes. As a city, I would say our our numbers are fairly stable. When we attend these different meetings uh, that Joe organizes for us as law enforcement agency representatives, it's generally the sheriff's department within Cobb County that does most fraud investigation. So it's really their representatives that come at us with just enormous numbers that how many new claims of fraud have come forward. Uh, and as Joe alluded, uh, oftentimes those are family members that have committed that fraud. You have to have the conversation as a family, and you immediately open up the door to dispute. How many children are there in, in uh, let's just pick the average person listening. Average household probably has two children. So now two to three children have to decide what to do with mom and dad who are aging. Well, one of those children might say, well, I'm concerned legitimately for their safety and a nursing home is going to be the safest place. 
the next might say, well, but nursing homes aren't humane, and I don't think that's what mom and dad want. I think we should let them live in their own house. Well, are either of those bad statements, if, if they're innocent and no. true? No, no, but not at all. they're opposing. Right. So how do you decide that? Did you just make that third child have to play the role of Solomon and decide? And will mom and dad go along with that? Are you creating animosity? So now, now you have a position where you have some struggles happening within the family unit, and you still haven't addressed the inevitable of where are mom and dad going to go. At that time, or approaching that time, is where I think you see most of these scams occur. You have a parent who is desperately trying to maintain normalcy, and they, not, they want nothing more than just to go one, two, five, ten more years as they have, living in their own home, driving their own car, going to their own place of worship, going to their own baker and restaurant and grocery store, and keeping things normal. And in that moment, you interject a family member who starts hitting them up for money. Um, often we will see it in law enforcement because you'll have a, a grandchild who unfortunately has gotten addicted to drugs. Right. And now the grandchild will show up and start taking medication out of their cabinet or will start asking them for money. Oh, I'm short on gas money or I'm short on rent money. Can you help me? But don't say anything to my parents because they'll be mad at me. You, you have these innocent situations that occur and that, that elderly adult thinks they're doing the right thing and wants nothing more than to do the right thing. And at some point they're going to realize I've now been the victim of a scam, well, I th either I th by a family member or someone else. Right, and and I think the important uh, a point that we all remember, we all must remember, is until there's some adjudication or or some you know uh, diagnosis or something, everybody has a right, adult, to self determination, and 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 that you know you it's not like you're dealing with children where you can decide what's best for them. Uh, until the age of what, what all depends on whatever jurisdiction you're in, but there's an age set. But when you're an adult, it isn't until you're you have an adjudication through a you know a, where a guardian's appointed or a conservator's appointed, or there's some medical you know issue that people have their right of self determination, and it's and people forget that sometimes you just can't. The government just doesn't come in and say you're right and you're wrong. I mean that, that's your life, and and at the this group I spoke to the other day, I, I was just shocked. It was a rural rural county in Georgia. And uh, one of the professionals talked about a woman. Thank God she has enough money. But she is totally convinced that she has won the publisher's house sweepstakes and has spent over uh, close to $200,000 paying fees in order to get the money to get her new Mercedes to get... They go through this whole deal, and people try to tell her it's a scam, and you know she 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 just doesn't believe it. It's her money, and she has the right to determination. There's been no medical deal, and so people are no medical uh, determination. And she says, you know, I could do what I want. And she said, in fact, I as we were talking before, I enjoy talking to them. I get them on the phone, and it's like you know that's not uncommon. Joe, Joe, and Chuck, I want to ask both of you something, and at the same time, 
the two biggest enemies, in my opinion, of the elderly is loneliness and change. Would that be a fair assumption? I might throw fear in that mix, but yes, I agree with your assessment. Yeah, I I, I do too. And, and I, I guess fear, if I can interject here, is, you know, when it comes to change, and I've been scammed, and now I've got to go to court, or why is the sheriff knocking on my door, or this or that, and, uh, you know, yeah, they took my 200000 but... What do I have to do? Oh, I don't want to go to court. I don't want to do this. I don't, you know. Uh, and there again, that sort of fear, between fear and change. I, I think you see more of that on the, uh, when you deal with relatives. And I think, and listen at our meetings, and I'm sure Chuck will agree, you know, a lot of people say, you're right, my grandson or niece took this, but I'm not going to, I don't want to prosecute it. You know, I mean, they, they you won't get a, a willing victim, I guess. Is that right, Chuck? Is that a good way Correct. to put it? Correct. Uh, and unless the situation is extensive, um, oftentimes the authorities' hands are tied. Right. If you, if you, as you said before, it's my money. If I'm now, if I'm now convinced, so go back to my scenario and my parents are aging and one of my siblings calls 911, gets them to come out, meets at my parents' house with my parents and says, my brother Chuck has taken money from my parents, and I know it, and mom will admit it, won't you, mom? And mom says, well, I did give him some money. But then go into the scenario that Joe just painted. If, if mom continues and says, but it's my money and I wanted to give it to him, well, tell me what crime has been committed. Right. It's a good point. And, and flip it the, the other way is a lot of these people who the relatives that are taking the money, their attitude, it's going to be my money. I'm just taking it now. I, I've heard that numerous times that, you know, I, I'm going to inherit this money, so I might as well do what I want right now for, uh, 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 you know, obviously the money is taken improperly and it doesn't go to, to, to help the, the senior. It goes to help this person. In the cases I've heard, buy a new truck or go out and buy alcohol or do stuff, uh, you know, it's crazy. And uh, um, um, we, we have to stop that where people, you know, educate people that, that this is not the proper way to do it. Or the power of attorney. When somebody gives somebody the power of attorney, I, I think that's been abused. We've changed the law here in Georgia to affect uh to try to correct some of those changes here, but uh, um, or, or problems, but that's a horrible. A lot of people have power attorney. They think they can go ahead and do whatever they want with their 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 mother's or father's money. Well, you can't. You can only use it for the benefit of them. You can't go out and go to a casino and spend the money. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Having having said that, Joe, and I don't know how we're doing on time, but to, to try and squeeze this in here. If you're hearing this radio broadcast and you haven't looked up the difference between power of attorney and guardianship, you should do that. And you should do that soon. And you should familiarize yourself with what both of those are like. If you have someone that you trust or you're going to hire an outside third-party financial consultant type or lawyer to be that power of attorney, if you have that family member or friend that you trust, that can be a game changer in a positive way. 
yes, that has been abused, but you still set that up and you make the choice ahead of time. And that makes it easier for us as law enforcement to try and determine has a crime been committed. No, I agree with you. And remember, if you if you if you appoint somebody as the power of attorney and that's your power to do that, you can also rescind it, too. So it's not Correct. once you do it, it's forever. Um, and we have about another probably about another minute or two. But I want to put out this information and I'm hopefully um, um, that that people will listen and, and I know you will concur. Never wire money or put money on a gift card or cash reload card or send cash to an online love interest because you're not going to get it back. It just goes out there and never, never land. To anyone, Joe, we did a post recently on our social media pages. It's called a gift card for a reason. It's a gift. <laughs> it's not called a bill pay card. It's That's called great. a gift card. That's great, great. And 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 if if somebody says that you're to pay your uh, your uh, fine to the county or city or state, um, most places iTunes or Green Dot, right? Or, yeah, none of those are real. None. You can immediately discredit that. Right. That these, the IRS is never going to ask you to pay your taxes with iTunes <laughs> gift cards. I promise you. I, I know. And how? And I remember. I think you were there, Chuck, at one of our meetings. And by the way, we have one tomorrow. We're meeting here. We have our our lunch meeting with with other law enforcement. And and one was where um, somebody was asked to get like you know tens of thousands of dollars in the cards. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of you know it's crazy. With that, Chuck, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you for staying on. I hope you'll come on again. I hope you come here in person and, and do one. And we'll look forward to working with you and Marietta and Chief uh, and all law enforcement. Um, so with that, we're about to end our segment here, uh, our last segment. Remember, um, this was the Safe Senior Hour. And if you have any questions, uh, send it to email it to safe at America's uh, webradio.com and look forward to talking to you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.